welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 29th of October 2016. I've actually been on a half-term break all of this week because I got the Forgotten Children finished. I thought, right, there's a week there. I'd used it as a buffer or scheduled it as a buffer in case I didn't get the book written. But as the book was written, I thought, fine, that's it. It can sit for a week. Let me forget about it and I'll come back to it. And I've taken a week off, which is great. So it's always good to have a week off because it helps you to think things through and to prioritise things. Um, So I have only got a couple of things to report this week. Not a long diary, but um, I'll just bring you up to date with where we are. The first thing to mention is that this is the final podcast diary for now. I've got a few changes happening in my working life. So what I'm going to do with the diary is just park it for a little while while I get the measure of my new routine. Now, we've run these diaries or the first season of the diaries since episode 10. Um, So that means we've been running for 25 weeks, which is about half a year. And you've been able to follow me through the writing of my three thriller trilogies. So I hope that those diaries will act as a permanent record of how I got the writing done and how I got 270,000 words done of a three thriller trilogy. So that will provide a permanent record and it will stay in the podcast feed and you can listen through to those and hear how it's done and all the ups and downs and the problems and the practicals and things like that. So the diary will be back but I'm going to wait until I'm doing some more intensive work like writing to bring the diary back for you because at the moment we're frankly just going to go through editing and sitting there and working through things and polishing them and getting them right. So I'm going to park the diary just for a short time and then we'll come back to it at a later date. Now the weekly guest interviews continue, that's the core of the podcast obviously and I've got those actually uh, recorded and scheduled and ready to go until the 2nd of January. I got a little bit far ahead with the podcast interviews. So I'm going to actually have a guest booking moratorium until December because I was getting a little bit far ahead and guests were saying things like, oh, I'm going to be doing this in November. And I'm thinking, right, well, that isn't running until January. So it's giving me some practical problems. I I think that now I've got in the swing of it, I probably need to be recording about a a month ahead is about comfortable. The the, the problem always is, is that if you have... um, a fallow period, if you have a time when people aren't getting back to you and don't want to do the interviews, you can then end up chasing your tail because you don't have any interviews in the pot and ready to go. So in trying to get ahead with things, I think I probably got a little bit too far ahead. I think 2nd of January is a little bit too far ahead. So I'm just going to have a break for booking guests for a month and then I will start booking into the new year from about December. That that gap feels uh, comfortable to me. And I was going to produce a couple of best of the guests episodes over Christmas and New Year. I was really quite keen to do those because for people who haven't discovered the podcast before, they're a really effective way of just getting to grips with whether they like me as a presenter, whether they like the format, the style and the guests without having to to listen to full interviews. Um, So I was very keen to do that really as as a showcase for the podcast. Now, because I've got so far ahead of myself, I actually want to run interviews over Christmas now, uh, you know, rather than postpone them even longer. So I'm going to stick with the interview format over Christmas, but I might uh, use the best of the guests format, say, for the new year or the, the, the year long anniversary of the podcast, which isn't that far off. Or I might save it for Easter or something else. But I am still quite committed to doing those best of the guests episodes, very keen to do those at some point. 
So um, the diary will come back when there's something to report, basically. When I've got a, a fixed project on that I can talk you through, uh, I'll bring the diary back and it will just appear in the feed as it always has done. And also, um, just to mention that I've got some author platform boot camps uh, booked in as well. So you'll have already heard me talking to Ian Sutherland. We are following his Twitter project through. So I think tentatively, we've probably got another two interviews coming um, for Ian's project. So uh, we'll be due one in a couple of weeks time probably. And then we'll summarise that project when it's completed and look at the results that we got over a period of about two to three months. Uh, also, I've got a local author on standby, a local author who's written a trilogy and is good to release them all at once in the new year. I met him when I was doing my talk the other day at the Carlisle Borderlines Book Festival. And again, tentatively, we've agreed to do uh, just a couple of uh, podcast episodes, author platform episodes, just to talk about the pre-launch, during the launch and after the launch, just to see how that goes for a, a brand new self-published author. So again, the simple thing is, is just subscribe to the feed. And any additional episodes, any additional content will just pop up in the feed as and when it's recorded. But just to reiterate, the weekly Monday episodes with guests will just continue. It's just the diary that I'm resting for a short period and then we'll come back to it when I've got um, you know, some intense uh, work going on where I can be reporting um, detailed information to you. What I don't want the diaries to become is just me sitting here like I am frankly going to be doing this week saying uh, not much happened this week um, or when I'm editing it's just a little bit boring with the editing. So I've just decided to rest them so that we can uh, always have good information coming through the diaries. Just to let you know then my writing plans. I, I have did a, a lot with writing plans and the reason for that is is because I've been working on Shifting Sands recently. Um, I, I've got a period in between now and Christmas where I'm going to be doing um, a, a fixed period of work um, on, on a different project. So it's going to take up a lot more of my time even though I do have um, time around that. So I, I, I've, I've been very unsure about what to commit to because I haven't been sure what that what that new working commitment is going to involve. So I'm going to feel my way through it, but there are some priorities that I can tell you that will be happening over the next uh, couple of weeks, certainly up to the new year. Priority one, obviously, is now to get the Thriller trilogy edited to within an inch of its life and ready to launch. So um, book one, Don't Tell Meg. I'm at the final read-through on Don't Tell Meg now, really just looking at those very last problems and issues and maybe continuity issues. Now I know what happens in books two and three. So a um, little bit of finishing to do there. They're getting submitted to Joffa. I think you say that, J-O-F-F-E. Not sure how you pronounce that. Evidence Press, Bloodhound, Moth, Bookature, Fahrenheit Press, and I'll probably be entering a couple of competitions with the Grid One and Don't Tell Meg, ones that have deadlines that mean I need to do them uh, this year. So um, I'll give Don't Tell Meg sufficient time to be seen by those companies and then I'll be self-publishing in early 2017, probably February or March if I self-publish those. That's if I don't get any bites. So I'll, I'll wait and wait for a response. You know, I'll wait for the Dear Johns to come in or whatever the response is. And um, once all the editing's completed and the final reads on all three of them, I'll get the covers done, which is obviously quite an expense. And then I'll release them February or March 2017. I think that's probably where we're going to go to with those. Um, other things that I must do is I need to look at my Twitter lead cards, my Facebook ads and my Google retargeting. I actually, um, I'm not really quite sure why it's happening. Possibly because I've put, I've removed the double opt-in on uh, my API 
sign up. So I know this is a little bit geeky, but if you go to any one of my sites, paulteague.com, thesecretbunker.net, if you want an example, at the top right-hand corner, I have a sign-up form there um, for people to register for my email marketing list. And that's done through something called an API. It links directly, that form links directly to GetResponse. And um, I took that off the other day. I took off the double opt-in. So when people opt in through those forms, they don't have to confirm and um, I've been getting loads and loads of signups through the blog and things like that, particularly through the blogs. And to the extent that yesterday night, last night, I downloaded all the signups that I'd had in the last week because I'd had so many of them. And I ran them through a service called Bright Verify. And what Bright Verify does is it just um, validates the email addresses. It says whether they're genuine email addresses or not. Because I thought, I, I smell a rat here. This just seems to be a lot of organic signups. But as it turned out, that they are apparently genuine sign-ups. So um, by removing the double opt-in, it just seems to be um, you know, increasing the number of people who are signing up. So I'm, I'm just going to let that run for a little while. But again, if you listen to these diaries, you'll have heard me, I think I boiled my list down to 300 and something. I've always put 1,000 on since I did that. And a lot of that's come through Facebook ads. But a lot of it just seems to be coming through organic traffic on all of my sites. Now I've removed that double opt-in requirement. So I'm just going to play it by ear. Uh, I will continue to validate the emails, but uh, there shouldn't be any kind of spam thing going on there at all. That's what I suspected. But Bright Verifiers confirm that isn't the case. So I'm just going to let it run and just monitor it uh, for a little bit because it's building the list quite fast, particularly on my blog, which has a lot of natural organic traffic now. Um, so we'll just we'll just watch that, but it's very interesting. But to go back to what I was saying is I need to master Twitter lead cards, Facebook ads, and, and Google. So I need to come back and look at my results, see what I need to learn and do and tweak, and then I'm going to start those campaigns up again to start to, or to continue building my list. Other pending projects that I've got on the boil, and, and again I'm really just not sure how things are going to pan out now between now and Christmas. Um, I want to look at the non-fiction books that I've got and do reviews of those. And I also, on my to-do list, are the Secret Bunker rewrites to place the books in the past tense and just to see if we can get the, the feedback on those books just a little bit more uh, consistent. So what I have to work out is where the pockets are in my new work routine. And also, I know at the back of my mind, you know, a couple of things I quite like to do, but I'm not sure whether I'm going to have time to do it. I would still quite like to do a 50,000-word uh, thriller to give away for free to lead into the Don't Tell Meg series if I end up self-publishing that. I would still quite like to do that. Not sure whether I've got the time to do that. And also, the next trilogy I'd like to do is a sci-fi trilogy, which I'd like to link the worlds, the worlds of the Secret Bunker and the Grid. So, again, you know, so so many things that I know I want to do, I'm not quite sure of the order that they're going to come in, nor am I sure with this new uh, contract work that I'm doing up till Christmas, how much time I'm going to have to do it. So, just, uh, um, although I'm dithering, I'm dithering with the order of the things, I'm not dithering with what needs to be done, I'm dithering with how I'm actually going to get it done. Because when there's a big domestic routine change, it's always hard to know how you're going to get that work done. So so I'm not sure, but those are the things on the list. And, you know, sure as heck, something's getting done. Um, the priority, though, is going to be the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. I need to, to get that edited, need to sort it out, need to make sure it's ready to go. Uh, Don't Tell Meg is almost ready to go. And the minute Don't Tell Meg is ready to go, I shall spend a weekend 
sending that out, getting that submitted, and getting all the the feedback and the and the knockbacks, you know, with that. Uh, but just to go through that process. In other news, um, I recorded a video and wrote a short accompanying article about how I use the Novel Factory to plot my books. Now, Katz was a guest on the podcast uh, in the, in the first ten episodes, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, Kat's one of the people who creates the Novel Factory. They're actually just beta testing an online version. uh, And I'm on the beta test list for that. So I shall be having a play with that as well. But I love the Novel Factory so much. I used it really quite intensively for my three thrillers that I've just done to to plot them out. So um, it seemed like a really good time to to support the software. And Kat had asked me to do a, a guest blog. And I said, well, I'd rather not do a guest blog post. What I will do, though, is a, is a video showing actually how I use your software, how I've just used it for three novels, because hopefully that will just, um, well, it'll help her from, from her selling point of view. It will help to show people just how valuable I feel it is um, as a resource and how actually they can use it in a practical way. So that, that video has gone off to Cat and will be appearing on the Novel Factory site soon. Um, as ever, I'm going to recommend it as a resource. If you have problems plotting and planning your book, um, you know, I love Scrivener to write. I don't use the Novel Factory to write, but I do use it very, very heavily to plot. And I would recommend that you, you search out that video, give it a check out and see, see, you know, see what you think, because it's such a useful tool. I, I love it and, and, and it would take a lot for me to move away from it um, as a writing tool. The other thing is, is that my time management for authors presentation is now live on the Ally um, Frankfurt Book Festival Fringe site. I'll post links to that in the show notes. so You don't have to go hunting for it. But can I recommend that you do check out the, the free videos on that? Um, so many independent authors pro- provide content and, and videos and, and audio for that. And it's all completely free just loads and loads of independent author learning for you uh, on that site. It, make the most of it. I should be working through all the things that interest me. As I've been away on holiday, um, I haven't had a chance to work through them yet, but I should be working through them over the weekend um, because there's just so much great content there. It's all completely free. Uh, and again, you've heard me mention it so many times. You, I really can't recommend highly enough joining the Alliance of Independent Authors if you are an indie publisher, because you'll get so much support, so much community support, and so many resources um, for very little cost uh, as a consequence of being part of that community. I, I, it's one of the things I really value about being an, an independent author. So it's the Alliance of Independent Authors. I'll put the links on the resources page today. But that is it now. For the, I told you it was going to be a short one for Paul's podcast diary. The podcast diary will be back either in this format or a different format in the future. Just a reminder that the weekly episodes continue, and they continue on Monday with episode 35 of Self-Publishing Journeys. That's released on Monday the 31st of October. My guest on Monday is Rachel Ampfler, the best-selling author of the Dan Taylor thriller series. Now, if you want to see what an indie author looks like whose career is about to ignite, listen to that interview with Rachel on Monday. I am convinced that Rachel is just about to, to go from you know, regular indie author, uh, an indie author who's doing very well, but I think Rachel's about to ignite. The things she kept telling me in that interview made me feel that she's just about to fire. Um, So if you want to see what it's like to be on the brink of that, uh, it's fascinating to hear it, then listen to to Rachel on Monday and listen to what Rachel's doing 
Um, Rachel is a really good example of a completely committed, all-in, independent author. All the things that she does, she's one of these independent authors who will not stop until she gets there. This is why I think she's about to ignite. And the thing she's doing, the commitment she's showing to her career, I think you'll just get a feel for what it what it takes if you want to up your game and, and be just like Rachel. But she's she's all in. She's one of these independent authors who's all in. Not, oh, I'll get round to it when I can. She's completely 100% into her career and will just keep working at it until she gets where she wants to do. And she thoroughly deserves it. So listen to that interview, please, with Rachel Ampler. It's coming up on Monday. Uh, Rachel is my guest on Monday's podcast for the 31st of October. I look forward to chatting to you again then. Thank you for listening to this week's Self-Publishing Journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.